Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to the AFTN Podcast, episode 246. I am not Michael McCall. I am Joe DC, AFTN writer and podcaster. Michael is busy trying to find a team to take Aaron Mond and Daniil Henry on a trade package, so we'll be taking care of your ears today. I am joined by play-by-play commentator for TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer, AFTN podcaster and winner of the Nicest Smile in Surrey Award, Gideon Hill. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And to my right, AFTN writer, lover of wingbacks, and man whose first name has too many vowels and last name has too many consonants, Nicholas Ruprecht. Hello. Thanks. And Nicholas is making his AFTN podcast debut today, so please please feel free to (laughs) blast him on Twitter. We'll give you his Twitter handle later on. So, boys, the White Cat season opener is on March 4th, just a few days away. How are you guys feeling? It's a season opener. It's the first game. Try not to read too much into it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of excitement. Optimism this year, but a lot of excitement as well, especially with the squad turnover. So we'll see what happens. It can be a good game on Sunday. Yeah. Is it more nervous or more excitement after the preseason? I think it's excitement seeing Kamara play. And, you know, it's, it's a more different team last year, not, not in a bad way. It's, it's, a, it's a good way. So I think for me, in that sense, it's a more exciting team to watch. But again, there's some pros and cons to either side of it. Yeah, I'm a bit more nervous. I like some of the additions that were made. Um, some of the additions I don't necessarily agree with. Like if we're talking about Kamara, I think, yeah, he was he's a good player. Um, but I guess it depends on how much he has left to give um, this year. And hopefully he can step up and, and be that guy in the box, you know. Mm, definitely something the Caps have been looking for for a long time. Um, the Caps had a pretty reasonable preseason. They tend to do pretty well in preseason anyway, like not that it means anything. I did write an article trying to draw, draw statistical correlations between how the Caps did in preseason and the actual season, but there's literally nothing to draw on. Um, <laughs> but they started the preseason in Hawaii, which looked like so much fun as the rest of us were here in rainy Vancouver. They had three games. They won two of them. They lost one of them. A 4-0 win, Parker getting a brace, and then they bought, they beat Iwaki FC with a late penalty and then lost in the final to the same team that they beat 
Any thoughts on those games? I mean, I wasn't super thrilled with the games. I didn't think that the Whitecaps were playing to the best level, and maybe that has something to do with the turnover. The fact that you're having a bunch of new players come in and they're trying to rotate the squad, obviously, trying to get people to have uh, a lot more minutes. Like, obviously, Davies got a lot of time in those games. So, I I mean, like you said, it's hard to draw anything from it, and I don't think there there's too much from my perspective that I can draw from it. I mean, good performances, yes, but also poor performances. So, mm-hmm. a mixed bag of sorts. Yeah, I know preseasons are always tough for me. The one takeaway I will have from the first game they played on that terrible pitch in Hawaii was uh, Parker getting those two goals in set pieces because we've seen in years past that they've got Whitecaps have gotten set piece goals in their first game of the season, sometimes taking them two or three months in to actually score off the set piece. So that's one takeaway I had from that game. But overall, you know, Hawaii was, I think, a good venture for them. I don't know if they do it again necessarily. I'd go back maybe not to Wales, but to another part of Europe. But I think overall it was a good idea for them with the heat and mm-hmm. getting uh, acclimated as well. So I, I like that idea. About the formation, uh, I think everyone was kind of hoping for a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 or whatever you can mm-hmm. Uh, with wingbacks, Nick, don't worry. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on that? Um, were you hopeful for that, or do you think that the four one four one or four two three one is possibly the best way to go forward? I, as much as I like, would like to see them play with you know two forwards. You know, it'd be great to see maybe Kamara and uh, the Venezuelan Blondell. Uh, you know, play up front together. See if there's something there Mm -hmm. and we didn't get to see that. So in that sense, I'm kind of disappointed, but I think in terms of the way this team's theme is and its structure has been for the last couple of years, I think, you know, four at the back is really needed and, and their identity. Yeah. And I think Robbo made a good, I guess, idea or did a good thing in the off season by bringing in the players that could play a three, five, two, because in years past, we've seen him kind of changing formations a little bit. If stuff hasn't worked like last year, I believe they changed it. Uh, to a four one four one midway through this season. So this year they have, I think they're going to start with a. We'll talk about that later. But with the four at the back, I like that idea. They do have the players to play a three five two if they want to. But again, right now I think, as uh, Nick said, it's good to stick with a four at the back formation. Mm-hmm. Going into the preseason, what do you think were a couple of positions that were up for grabs? Right, there's a certain, there's some players that we know. You know, Waston is definitely going to start. Mm-hmm. Morenovic probably. You know, yeah, pretty much the undisputed starting goalie, and even more so after preseason, I think. Big positions that the jerseys are there to be taken. What do you think? For me, uh, like the biggest thing that's been Vancouver's problem since, you know, for many years is the forward. You know, the question of who's going to be the man, the guy up front. You know, every year it seems, you know, we hope to bring in somebody and hopefully they do well. (laughs) A lot of hope. Um, But yeah, I think. That's, for me, my biggest question mark is who's going to be the forward? Who's going to step forward? Because we can generate chances. We can, you know, generate that. We got a lot of good wingers. We got a lot of good fullbacks who get forward. Um, but who's going to bang in those goals? Mm-hmm. Kamara looked good doing that, too. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, for me, I don't think the forward position is much of a, I mean, debate at this point. It's it's whether how Rob was going to use that. I think Blondell and Kamara, I hope to play together, fingers crossed, but for me, what was interesting, not really a battle, because I didn't think there was a whole lot to be up for grabs in this preseason, but I think they had the players that are brought in to play those positions. But something I thought was interesting is Sean Franklin and Jacob Nerwinski at the battle of the right spot. I know Nerwinski is probably going to be the starter on opening day, mm-hmm. but I liked what Sean Franklin brought in preseason. He's a good player. I watched him for years with LA, and 
So he's a, he's a, a good player. I think he'll challenge Jacob if he has a bad game. But again, I like I like that not really battle, but I like the the bringing in of Franklin and kind of backing up and Wenski and what he brought in the preseason. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the left wing. Um, Breck Shea kind of started there in the big games last season, but Davies really staked a claim. Uh, like the the goals he scored were really good. He's shown some more maturity. We talked for a second there about Kamara for Kai Kamara, and finally we have a target man. Freddie Montero deserves all the props in the world, I think, but he it wasn't he's his not game. A target man. He's not a target. <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Like, did we get Kamara too late in his career? Is it just the right time? He's shown some like the legs he showed in one of those later preseason games to get into the box. That desire to get into the box. Um, how many times have we seen like the Whitecaps cross the ball in and have nobody in the box or aiming crosses at uh, Christian Tichere or something like that? What do you think of... <laughs> I think he's... What is Christian Tichere's headed goals? He's must have had a couple, for yeah, sure. Like... <laughs> somehow, somehow. Yeah. Well, if you throw enough paint in the wall, <laughs> yeah. somehow. But yeah, Kai Kamara, thoughts? Yeah, I... Like, I would have... I think some... A lot of people online have also probably said this as well. I would have liked to have him, like... A year or two ago. Yeah. When he was moving from Columbus. When he was moving from Columbus. That is when I think he would have been... A, you get him a little bit earlier. He has more legs in him. And he can also then... You know, I know we have, like, some young potential, you know, strikers. And we've been trying to mix that in there. So he could have given some guidance as well. I mean, as well, there's also the issues that I've heard, you know, from well, what does he bring in terms of locker room chemistry as well? Because I've heard, you know, how he left Columbus wasn't the greatest. I hope that doesn't happen here. I doubt, like, from what I've seen, he's been pretty professional about it. So, you know, as long as, if all he has to do is jump high and get in there and be brave, then I think it'll work. If we're going to ask him to do, you know, play to the it's not that he's bad at playing to the feet or doing anything like that but if we ask him to do too much of that mm-hmm. and we isolate him like we've been isolating a lot of our strikers strikers in the last couple of years i feel then it's going to be a problem yeah i feel like joe joe touched on with Montero. like yeah you know we, we, last year is a good fill-in player i think we knew all along that he wasn't going to come back this year is more of a we couldn't sign a player last year so let's bring in someone temporarily but for Kamara, I I don't mind the age. Honestly, he's proven for years that he's been proven goal scorer in MLS. Albeit, you know, we went to Europe, didn't really have a good spell there. But I think honestly, for him coming into Vancouver, like the turf turf aside, he's going to be scoring goals. He saw that preseason three goals. He's thirty three. Yeah, that's you know, as for soccer, that's a pretty significant high number. But you know, they have Blundell to throw in there for games that are on a Saturday Wednesday game, like a midweek game. Like they have that in that sense, and I don't think the age is going to be an issue. But again. Later on in the season, you'll time will tell. But I think for right now, it's a, a solid pickup for not a whole lot of giving yeah, up. Absolutely. So the Whitecaps continued their preseason by going to California. Uh, one of the craziest games for off the pitch reasons uh, I've seen in a long time, and I welcome wholeheartedly against Las Vegas Lights. Uh, Features <laughs> red card, coaches scramble, and a coach smoking in the stands, yes. which needs to happen. And Freddie on a weekly Adu break. as well. Was Freddie, he yes, Freddie Adu was trialing with. Yeah, he was, he was on the bench yeah. that game. Actually. I didn't even notice. Yeah, that. Freddie Adu <laughs> sighting. Yes. Warning. It was Warning. such a good game that Freddie Adu was in the background for once. Oh my god! <laughs> well, entertainment. Right? It was a good game, like a, a weird one, right? The red card kind of mm-hmm. up, upped the passion levels a lot. Yeah. Um, the two goals scored by the substitute that came on because of the red card. 
the only thing we could really discuss, like, do you think it was bad that they gave up a two-goal lead, or was it good that they gave up a two-goal lead and then had the composure to finish the game? Well, I would always say it's never good to give up a two-goal lead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you got yourself into a good position, and then you kind of put yourself in a hole, and you have to dig yourself out. Now, can the question is, right, I mean, it's preseason, and this isn't really a high-level team. If you do this against perhaps, you know, Seattle or you do this against Toronto, they'll slaughter you. They will show no mercy, right? I think that's just a worry from that game. But again, it's preseason, rotating through, things happen. Yeah, I think that was in that incident happened in the second half, right? So that, yeah. that was when the second half of the, the Caps team came in because yeah, they had the rotation true. with a back-to-back day in, the, in yeah. L.A. against the LAFC. So I think for that sense, you know, it's just one of those games you got to chuck up to playing a new USL team. You know, a coach who used to coach in MLS who had so much baggage with them. So I think it's just one of those games that, you know, you take the you took the win. You got some guys' minutes. You know, Davies' goal, and I, yeah, I think we're going to talk about that. Davies' yeah. goal was incredible. Yeah, like Fantastic. It was good to see Kamara defending when Davies did get the elbow, because Davies is going to get a lot of that in yeah. his career. But, you know, we, we had that, I think it was with Pamuduka and Kakuta Man. Mm, yeah. They had that kind of... Portland? Uh, well, they had that kind of relationship. Older brother. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, that kind of guidance, it can go a long way for a young... Yeah. Like... Davies is eight years older than me, which is so depressing. But like having someone at that age to kind of watch over you a little bit, because um, you know it's a battle out there, right? I guess. Okay, the next game was against LAFC, a four-four, which was great and not so great, I guess. Um, two goals for Blundell, first time we kind of saw him shine in preseason, mm-hmm. and two goals for uh, Jordi Reyna, who's uh, probably yeah one of those undisputed attacking midfielders, just a quality player. Open game, really bad Facebook stream. Um, Ali Gazelle got injured, and David Norman Jr. played 90 minutes. Any thoughts on that game? Well, I think it was good to see um, Blondell, you know, get some goals in there because I think it's good to put some pressure on Kumara, you yeah. know, and say, hey, you know, yeah, you're experienced, but, you know, he's waiting for his chance, right? Yeah. Like, how many players have we had come to the Whitecaps and they're looking at the Whitecaps as a stepping stone? perhaps to something else. So I think it's good. Get a little bit of uh, a battle in there. And yeah, I mean, it's great to see Reyna, you know, especially because of all the difficulties he's kind of had over the past year. Not pleasant. Yeah. Very glad that's cleared up and he's back with the team. Yeah. For me, uh, Blondell, not only the two goals in that game was a shining spot for me, the two assists as well, showing that we talked about Kamara and ball at his feet. If Kamara can do that, Blondell can easily slide in there and get uh, a couple assists as well. And, I think he's going to bode well with Reina this year. Um, look for those two and hopefully like a 4-4-2 formation sometime if we see that this year. But yep. I wouldn't mind seeing those two play together for yep. sure. Uh, and very well taken goals too. Mm-hmm. The next, uh, the, well, the last two games for the Whitecaps preseason was where they were both against the LA Galaxy. Blundell and Kamara scored in the first game. I think the score was 2-2 at the end. 2-1. Uh, 2-1. 2-1. And 1. then the second game was 2-2? 2-0. 2-0. Okay. Yeah. Even yeah. better than I thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Blundell and Kamara the first game, and then Kamara and Alfonso Davies um, scored in the second game. I thought Mesquita looked pretty good in those matches. Um, do you think this is finally the year we see um, starting starting winger Mesquita? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I, as much as I like the guy, as much as I like what he brings to the team, I don't think that he's ever going to be like, you're the man, you're the starting guy. Yeah. He... I mean, he can do everything. I mean, I mean, 
I remember one year, he's like our utility Swiss knife player. Yeah. When something's going down, when something bad has happened, you can put him in there yeah. and he can, I mean, he played a number eight role one time. Yeah. Right? Like when there was like a red card a couple of years ago. Or he could probably do a left back. If he could do left back probably. <laughs> if Marinovich gets red, why not throw him in there? Yeah, too, exactly. So. Yeah. All right. Well, the Whitecaps scoring charts uh, for preseason, uh, Kamara ended the preseason with four goals. Blundell got three and then Davies and Reyna got two. The goal of the preseason is undoubtedly uh, Alfonso Davies' goal against uh, Las Vegas Lights. The worst name, I must say, for a team, Las Vegas Lights. Like, there has to be some kind of a rhyme. Their jersey doesn't really even, like, it it's goes modern along art. with the name, but it's not a soccer jersey, I will say. It that. is completely <laughs> bonkers. I think uh, Michael McCall retweeted a picture of, they had two llamas in their starting yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we're going to have to keep tap of yeah. this team throughout the season. Yes. But anyway, Davies has looked great. He played left back for a little bit. He was left wing. He looked fantastic. It's going to be a big season for him. I don't want to use the term shop window, but he's going to want to impress. So before we have a look at Montreal, we have a little game. We know that previews can be a little bit dry sometimes, so there's a game that some other podcasts do, but I think we'll kind of copy. So here's how it's going to work. I will give you clues to a MLS player, and based on these clues, the first person to get the answer will win. Very simple. Now, please understand, listener, that this is incredibly stressful for, for Gideon and Nick. Like, <laughs> there could be dozens of people listening to this podcast. Um, so... I will give them clues one by one, and if they want to answer, they have to say stop, because if, in case you answer at the same time, um, the first person to say stop will get to answer first. I'm shaking, Joe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's seven clues. The last one is the best clue, but <laughs> hopefully you get it like by the... You could probably get it by the third clue. All right, okay. okay. Clue number one. I was born on April 30th, 1987, in Winter Park, Florida. You can take a wild guess at this point. <laughs> but... Winter- but the year is valuable there. Will the Trap. There was my first guess. <laughs> Don't forget to say stop. I hate stop, to be a right. stick. <laughs> it's right. not Will Trap. Though. Oh, man. If it was, that would be really impressive. Okay, clue number two. <laughs> I have 13 caps for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, well, you got to say stop. You got to say stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Wait a minute. He's, he's from New Jersey. So I can't say. <laughs> I was like, I had any... This game will mess with your head. Uh, clue number three. I have played for FC Dallas, DC United, New York Red Bulls, and Chicago. Oh, stop. Dax McCarty? Yes, oh. it is. Dax McCarty. Well done. Very good. So a nice and uh, pretty straightforward one. Yeah. Okay, the, just, in case, just in case you Very wanted player. to hear the other clues. <laughs> number four was I am a central midfielder. Number five, my nickname comes from my father's favorite book, The Adventurer. So Dax is actually his adopted middle name. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wear number six and I, and I play next to Bastian Schweinsteiger. Clue number seven is I'm Ginger. So <laughs> at that point, if you didn't get it, it I would have yeah. said Juninho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Laurent Simon. Yeah, We've right. never seen his hair, yeah. so we don't actually know. Okay.
We interrupt this programme to bring you a special announcement. As I'm sure you've all seen by now, Vancouver Whitecaps announced their latest signing this morning. 26-year-old midfielder Jordan Much signed on a one-year loan deal from Crystal Palace in the English Premiership. Possibilities of him extending the stay come the end of the season once the Caps have a look at him and see if he is well-suited to MLS. Now, of course, this much signing has been rumoured for quite a few weeks now. We talked about it in an earlier AFTN soccer show. That was a couple of weeks ago, and it did look like the, the move was possibly dead in the water. But no, far from it. Much arrived in Vancouver this week, was at Whitecaps training on Thursday, signed his contract on Thursday afternoon, and the deal was announced today on Friday. He's a box-to-box midfielder with a a wealth of experience, 10 years experience in England, 7 of those in the English Premier League. Has been out of favour at Crystal Palace though for the last two seasons as the the coaching carousel of managers there has just gone crazy as they've gone through 3 or 4 different managers through much his time there. He's found him out of favour, hasn't played for Palace all year wants to get his football career back on track and sees MLS and the Whitecaps as the best place to do that. So I got a chance to sit down with Jordan on Thursday, talk about his move to Vancouver, what he's looking forward to, what's made him make this move now and what he knows about the league and, and what he's looking forward to. So I'm going to bring you that now and then we'll get back to Joe, Gideon and Nicholas with the rest of their preview. But for now... Here's the latest white cap, Jordan Much. So I guess first thing to ask is like, what made you want to, to come to MLS at this point of your career? I, I, I looked at obviously the, the, the standard of the league now and the players that are playing in this league is like unbelievable um, you've got some real high top quality players who play in the league and I think the standard is as good as the championship if not better and I think a lot of the, the MLS teams as well you know could compete in the Premier League now so I just uh, I, the, the manager as well had a big factor so you know having the opportunity to come and do that um, I, I wanted to really just jump at the chance and um uh, Try something different as well because you've only got a short career. Uh, in the past, like a, a number of guys have come over from the UK, and they're it's a lot of the older guys. But I mean, you're coming over still in your prime. You're at a, a good age, and you, you've had top level ex- experience. Do you feel that it is a case now that the MLS is kind of a a league that a number of UK players might look to come over to, especially because so many teams over there seem to go and just bring in foreign talent these days and are not like their homegrown guys. Yeah, it's, I just think the standard of this league now is I think it's really good. You know, you look at like what teams are spending, like LA, LA Galaxy, Atlanta, that they're bringing, like, it's, it's a tough league to play in, I think. And I just, I just wanted a, a different experience. Um, I wanted to enjoy my football again. And that was just a major factor, and the, the manager really made me feel that. Um, so I was, really, I just, I was really happy to come here, and um, it, it, 
it was my first option to try and make this the, the move that happened. I guess talking about like wanting to enjoy your football again, it's maybe not been the the happiest the last few months for you at Palace. You've not really been been featuring for them and put out on loan and stuff as well. I mean, how how's it been for you trying to to get your head around that and and try and just to enjoy your football over there? You know, I didn't play enough games. The manager changed three or four times, and every player just wants to play games. Um, and it got to a point where, two years down the line, you know, um, I had to change something. And I feel this is the best opportunity for me to to get my career back on track. And obviously, you're a little bit used to Vancouver. You you played the full ninety minutes in in the game here a couple of years ago that in the friendly. Yeah. What did you make of the city? When, when did you get much of a chance to explore it when you were here? Yeah, I did. I, I got a chance to, um, you know, go down downtown, um, explore different things, and we've seen quite a few things here. Uh, it's just a beautiful city. But you you look at this the stadium, the training facilities, everything is a Premier League standard, and there's not many teams. Well, some teams in the Premier League that have as good a facility and good a stadium as what Vancouver have. Um, so it just shows you how big this league is and this team is. And Palace played a, a couple of games over here, not all against like MLS clubs. What did you make of, of the other stadiums and the, the other kind of facilities that you saw when you were here? Well, we played Philadelphia, and Philadelphia really had a really nice um, stadium and pitch. We played Cincinnati and the crowd was unbelievable. There yeah. was so many, I, I can't remember how many people there, but it was, was 30,000 or more maybe. Yeah, they're crazy that, there. They've got game. a great fan base there right now. So, you know, exactly with, with Vancouver, they get 25,000. It's, it's just really exciting. So, yeah. And what kind of shape are you in for, for playing just now? I mean, a lot of guys, it's coming to the end well, kind of near the end of the of the English season, and I know a lot of guys then want a rest. But do do you feel you're good to go and good to go for a, a nine ten month season now? Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to have that um, feeling of playing games regu- regularly again. Um, as long as I'm enjoying my football, um, you know, I love playing football. So uh, that the, the length of that doesn't matter. Um, I've been training hard um, and keeping my fitness up. It's just games what I, what I need to go to that next level and things. And um, it's exciting that I get a chance now to play ten months of of football and um, really do well for Vancouver. And like long term, I mean, it's a one year loan. I mean, long term, if you like it here, would would you see your future over here? Talking of facilities and stuff, I mean, you played on on the turf pitch here during the friendly, but how much familiarity have you with like artificial pitches? I know there's not a lot of them that's not allowed in the English league. So, I mean, have you played much on that? Yeah, obviously the the, the turf is different, um, but if you look at a lot of pitches now in the Premier League, they're like twenty five percent 
AstroTurf or however um, they do it to keep the pitches so good. And a lot of the pitches are very hard now just because of how good the, the actual pitches are kept. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's too much, too much difference and I think your body can adapt quickly to it. There's a lot of different things like playing football over here that the travel for one is like crazy it's not I know there's so many teams in London and there's just so many like close by games but when you're playing over in England but the travel here is really different um there's things as well like media is allowed in the locker room and, and all that kind of stuff have you spoken to any players that's played over here to kind of get a feel as to, to what that's like um I obviously am aware of the travelling to me, you know, it's, if, if if you look, for example, my friend who, who was um, playing in England, he was playing at the bottom of England. Every game for him was a seven-hour journey on a bus. So it's very similar in terms of that. I'm, you know, I'm just willing to get my teeth stuck into it um, and, and get going with it. Um, I'm really excited with it. You get a chance to, to, to play um, great teams, you know, and go to great places. So yeah, I want to enjoy my football here, and uh, I think it will be an exciting season, especially for Vancouver as well. And just the last thing, like for anyone that hasn't seen you, where would you say you would fit into this team? Like on the pitch, ideally, where, where would you see yourself playing? I want I want to be a box to box midfielder, and I, I you know I want to score goals. That's, that's how I see myself playing. Um, I want to bring assists and goals to the team from a midfield position. That's great. Thanks so much, Jordan. I look forward to seeing you at training. That's brilliant. That's great. Thanks, man. Let's have a look at uh, the Montreal Impact. New manager. So they finished ninth last year in the East. Not a great season. Remy Gard, former, formerly of Aston Villa and Lyon. Big big signing for a coach for the MLS. I know he didn't do well in England, but uh, what do you think, Remy Gard? He, he had that kind of reputation of playing entertaining football in Aston Villa. That might, might be why he got sacked. But what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... Another good move in general for the MLS, hopefully. I mean, there's been cases where coaches, you know, come from Europe. Countless times. Countless times. And they try to bring their way of doing things. And it doesn't work. See Owen Coyle. Yeah. uh, There's a long list of those people. But I think, you know, especially with Atlanta bringing in Tata and there's a slew of other coaches, you know. That could, that it seems that this is, you know, he brought the league up to another level and, and maybe a new, you know, better coaches are, are taking a look. No disrespect to the coaches in the MLS already, but I think it's a, a positive thing. And considering the season they had last year, why not take your chance? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know uh, Montreal, they have a history of hiring uh, European coaches. I remember Marco Chalabon back in 2012 or whatever. I think he got fired and just stuff happened there so i mean hopefully it works out i've always liked remy guard as the manager watched him in in england and, and france as well but the one thing i did 
like that he did already is that he let Bram, Blair Zamali leave, even though, mm-hmm. like, if you're a coach and you'd say, oh, you're my best player, stay here instead of being unhappy and go back to see his family. So I think that was a smart move by him early on. And I think it's it's going to work out again with the team they have. We'll get to that. But we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting for them. Yeah. Um, a few additions. Uh, they got Raheem Edwards. I think Raheem Edwards was picked up during the expansion draft yep. and then mm-hmm. traded yep, to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. A good acquisition, like even though he Amazing got acquisition, yeah, I think. A steal. But yeah. yeah. Samuel Piet, international, Canadian, Canadian. international, <laughs> seemed very happy to, to join Montreal. And they lost uh, Bernier to retirement. Laurent Simon is in LA, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost uh, Tabla to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, some big, like, big characters that they lost, especially in the defensive side of things. But they they, they do have those they have those mainstays. They yeah. have Evan Bush, uh, Marco Donadell, who is my least favorite uh, MLS player of an opposition team. Uh, I just can't stand the guy. Anthony Jackson Hamal, who I know Nick has a soft spot for. <laughs> um, Dominic Oduro and Ignacio Piazzi are still still yeah. around. I mean, it's still a dangerous team, and they can obviously like Piatti can murder you one on one. Like yeah. just give him the ball and let him do his business. So. And I mean, that's a, it's a good supporting cast of characters. You're right. Maybe they are a little bit weak defensively now, but yeah. it, 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 it remains to be seen, right? We haven't even played a game. Yeah. So. And as if we need reminding of what Montreal can do and specifically what Ignacio Piatti can do on opening days. In 2016, it was the exact same game. It was Vancouver versus Montreal, first kick, BC place. Fraser Arids did not turn out to be the knight in shining armor that we all wanted. He just got roasted by Piazzi and Oduro over and over again. That was the game that Usted came basically to the halfway line to and missed a clearance, and Oduro scored an open goal. Um, yeah, so like, and those two players who scored are still playing for Montreal. You know, mm-hmm. they they might be a few years older, but they're they're going to be dangerous. And that's I I think that's all we can really say about Montreal for now. You know, their preseason. They had a comeback win over New York City just mm-hmm. a few days ago. Or comeback draw, I mean. They tied 2-2. But, you know, it's preseason. What can we really say? Uh, like, Grammy Guard probably, he hasn't even had his first competitive game yet, right? Yeah. This will be his first competitive game, so that'll be interesting. And, it, and yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes. Yeah, um, like what formation. Well, well, well time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can have a very opinionated discussion about is opening day, what formation are the Caps going to play? I'm going to go 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, personally. Ooh, bold. Very bold. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not as uh, bold as uh, Joe. I think they'll go back to the old uh, Robo mainstay. Really? 4-2-3-1, two, two, three, one. Yeah. yeah. I would not be surprised. Okay. And for starters, they're, they're, we've kind of talked about the positions that are up for grabs. In goal, Marinovic, all agreed. Yeah. Yep. We yeah. found out during preseason that Brian Rowe is not a sweeper-keeper. No. <laughs> um, a good backup, I guess. But yeah. Morenovic, definitely to start. Left-back, Dion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would also agree with that. I hope, I hope Levis can challenge later in the season for that. It would be nice. I mean, seeing he, he's been developing for sure. I think he's been making his game, at least going forward, seems to be yeah. a little bit more smarter. Yeah, even though Levi's is injured right now, I mean, that's not good news for yeah. him, but still. Long term. Waston as one of the center backs, is like, there yes. shouldn't even be a discussion a about lock. that. Yeah. The whole Tim Parker thing, you know, by the time you listen to this, he might already be wearing a different jersey, or he could 
it could all be resolved and he'll be back on the front of the Unity posters <laughs> and things like that. But it looks like the new acquisition, Aha, am I saying Aha, that right? That's correct. He's, yeah. uh, he's going to, he, he had 25 appearances for Orlando. They weren't a good team last season, but um, mm-hmm. seems like an MOS quality player. Yeah. Any other opinion about the second center back? Maybe Mond? Yeah, I would say right now, probably if Aha wasn't ready to go again, just trade a new team. But I think Mond would probably be the backup mm-hmm. to Aha. Henry, not even, I don't think yeah, he's I, even close I, to playing. And is he, starting I, I don't, he got injured in the same game that yeah, he's I don't, did, yeah, so I'm not sure. Sort of, yeah, okay, so uh, not, like, I'd be okay with that center-back partnership. Um, yeah. Aja is Uruguayan, so he speaks Spanish, and Austin. They're both tall, though, that's my one. That's true, actually. No, not really the fastest. So. Yeah, but Nerwinski at right back, hopefully. No, yeah, that's he true. He could cover that's if, not, yeah. if he played on that side. I know Austin prefers to be on the right side of the center-back because he's right-footed. Mm-hmm. And Nick, you had some thoughts about losing a left-footed centre-back. Yeah, I, you know, it's always nice to have left-footed centre-backs, you yeah. know, especially opening up different passing angles. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, okay, the Whitecaps don't like to pass. They more like to <laughs> boot it up the field, as we've seen from, like, the last couple of years. So, I mean, it wasn't really uh, perhaps what we, you know, necessarily a good fit. But I think it's good. I think it's good to have a, a left footed person on that side and we don't know what foot uh-huh, is, is yet is. yeah um, <laughs> probably right footed i would imagine well, statistically statistically <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah, i think he's a left footer i could be wrong okay we'll see okay. and like if we do lose parker it depends on what we get in return but let's not even go there right now we're just looking forward to the game positive vibes all around yes <laughs> okay indeed. center midfield uh ali gazal still injured it did look like a pretty bad injury in the midfield uh efrian juarez probably has the deeper role yeah, I'm thinking for me a four four two, so I think uh, probably be Juarez playing deeper. Than okay, and beside him, who do you think? I I went for Tybert. I was just thinking as like the box to box presence. I know it's weird, but like no, I'm you're subject to an opinion. Um, <laughs> Even I, was, I am subject <laughs> to an opinion. <laughs> um, I was gonna say uh, with a four four two, probably a diamond kind of thing. So I'd probably be Juarez with until Gasol comes back. It'll probably be. Uh, uh, what I'm thinking was Juarez in behind Reyna as a attacking midfielder, mm. and then we'll get to the wide midfielder. Yeah. That's what I think as well. With with Gazelle out, I think they're not going to put Tybert in there. I think they'll put um, Reyna in ahead of Juarez is more a little bit defensively responsible than Reyna is. So okay. yeah. Nicholas midfield. Well, you know, we could always have Mosquito in there because he can play anywhere, we as we <laughs> established we earlier. But there could be like, <laughs> you know, the, there was a point last season where I thought. Maybe there's a clause in Mosquito's contract that he can't start more than five games without getting a bonus or something. Yeah. Like, I, I actually, I resorted to that. But anyway, um, okay, like there's some wiggle room there. Yeah. If, if we wanted to try something with like less central midfielders, it might be a good game to try it. Mm-hmm. Okay, left wing. Uh, after the preseason, I'm going for Alfonso Davies and that left wing spot. Yeah, I don't see Breck Shea, honestly, playing left wing uh, for the start of the year. Had that last year when he came and didn't really perform well. So, yeah, I think Alfonso Davies is a big year for him, as you mentioned, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree as well. Okay. Davies can be a terror on that side, and it'll be a pleasure to see what he can do. Yeah. The one thing I do have to say is that Harvey and DeYoung are two different players in that sense, is that Davies is going to have to track back a lot. But that being said, when he does track back, sometimes he gets caught too far back, and that brings the player out of the attack. So that's mm-hmm. the only thing I'm a little concerned about for, for that in that sense. But Okay. Um, that was the left wing. On the right wing, I think it's probably Kristen Teixeira. Yeah, Teixeira, yeah, yeah, all the way. Good set piece delivery. Crafty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And tracks back, which is more that you can say for 
some wingers we've had before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I look at, I'm yeah. looking at Christian Bolaños <laughs> yeah, specifically I when I say that. Thing. <laughs> okay, attacking midfield, Jordi Reyna. Can't yeah. really dispute that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and up front, Blundell or Kamara? I'm going Kamara for the first game. I think it will be Kamara for the first game because yeah. he, even though, um, you know, I've been throwing a lot of <laughs> dispersions in his direction, <laughs> but I think he's going to get the start. And I think, you know, hopefully with the, the wingers that are around him and the creativity that they can bring, they can get in some crosses for him. Yeah, if there was a 4-4-2, I'd say Blondell and Kamara, but if it's a 4-2-3, and I think Kamara's going to get the start, just because Blondell, new league kind of thing, I think it'll, it's going to be tough for him, as Robo said, to throw him in right away. So uh, we'll see. Only time will tell with Blondell. That leads us into a question we got from uh, Chris Cargan. He asked, have we actually seen the starting lineup at any point in this preseason? And if you went with the version of the lineup I mentioned, yes, we did in that last LA game. But, you know, preseason, there's a lot of rotation there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you had to pick out one player on the opposition to be fearful of, there's a, there's a couple, there's some easy answers there, but like, you know, one player, like player to watch, not necessarily offensively, you know, defensively could be too. Mm -hmm. Um, Who would you pick Nicholas? I would actually go with Raheem Edwards. Okay. I think that, you know, he showed what he's capable of with that TFC side. Now, granted the Montreal impact side is not the same as the TFC side. But he was a really key player there. He got like one goal, I think, and six assists mm-hmm. yeah. from his position, which is not starting either. Not That's starting either, which yeah. is a really big, you know, and if you let him play and you let him play his game, and this is what I'm talking about, attacking wingbacks, you know, get <laughs> bombing forward and you let them do what they can do, you know, they can generate a lot of offensive prowess for you and give you a different option and mm-hmm. a different look forward. So I'm not too sure that he will play exactly like he did at TFC. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Montreal seems to be more for at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I know there's Piatti. I think the Whitecaps have learned to play with against Piatti. You know, obviously they'll put two, three guys on and they'll still beat him. But when look at the new sighting, Safir Tater, the Algerian international. I've heard a lot about him. I haven't seen him play yet, but he's got a good left foot. I'm really interested to see him play. So I think they're going to have to nullify him and then kind of shut him down a little bit. I would go for. I think Piatti goes without saying. Yeah, like he's he's so the, minus Piatti. Minus Piatti, like <laughs> yeah. forget him. Um, uh, there's something. Maybe it's because I'm a fullback when I play, but a fast winger just scares the bejesus out of me. Um, so Dominic Oduro, I know he's been he's been more of a bench player uh, when I did watch them last season. But like, think of like it's a tight game. Late in the game, you sub on someone with that kind of speed. It's a game changer, right? Like we've seen some of the best teams in the world use that as a, as a strategy consistently. I, w- I would really watch, there should be a, a game plan for if he does come on, especially, I've, I'm thinking more De Jong's side of, of the defensive picture. Narwinski has the athleticism to get back, but actually kind of what Gideon was saying, that left side will be open to some counter-attacking. Yeah. We, uh, like Piatti, before he uh, exploited the Whitecaps' right side with when Fraser Aaron was there, he could do that on the other side too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially, mm-hmm. it was Orduro and Piatti linking up last time to do it. So uh, I, I would really be careful of that. Apart from that, Evan Bush is a good goalkeeper, but, you know, Whitecaps would beat him before. Okay, um, this is a game the Whitecaps should be winning. We're, we're all looking forward to the game. We're going to bring in a second kind of game that we're going to do, and it's going to be a week-by-week running kind of a thing. I'm going to ask everybody who's on the show to predict three stats. So this could be anything. could be offsides, could be corners, could be... 
percent possession, yellow cards, who's going to score, or even the scoreline if you want to. Or we might do the scoreline as like a separate thing, but we're going to keep track, and every one you get right, you get a point, and at the end of the season, let's see who is the best predictor <laughs> of, of the AFTN crew. I'll start, I guess. I, I think Waston will get a yellow card. That's, oh. my, that's my first prediction. <laughs> that's your bingo card right there. <laughs> exactly. I think Kai Kamara will score a goal, and I think Montreal will have five corners. Uh, I should mention that if you do go for a percentage, it, there'll be like a plus or minus 2.5 kind of a handicap just because percentages are way harder to get. Yeah, so again, mine are Waston yellow card, Kamara goal, and five Montreal corners. Uh, Nick? Well, ever the difficult person, I went with a percentage. So I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go with 44% possession for the Whitecaps. Okay. I'm going to go with 44% for the possession. You know, they're, they've been a counter-attacking team. That's think, generous, if anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I think I'm going to go with um, Tachera putting in three crosses. Okay. That's very simple. <laughs> That's a low number. Low number, yeah. And I'm going to go with Norwinsky gets one key pass. Okay. <laughs> very open to interpretation. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with uh, three yellow cards for Vancouver we've seen in the years past with a lot of bad blood with teams uh, in their home openers five shots to the white caps in the first half because they oh. always seem to put shots on net in the first half of home openers they have not scored they didn't score last year in the home opener at all yeah, so i think zero, they're, zero yeah yeah so and then my other one was kamara will score in his debut i'm going to change that because you had it um i'm going to go with russell tybert makes a substitute appearance as he always does in the okay. home <laughs> Will, he will, can't start, he's going to come in. Will so. he or will he not put in a terrier-like performance in the midfield, though? <laughs> the bulldog. The yeah, Canadian the bulldog. bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's no longer the Canadian soccer CSG. Jesus. Yeah. Probably Canadian the Canadian bulldog. soccer John the Baptist. Or, yeah, or, uh, he's been demoted. St. Peter? I don't know how far... Judas. Oh, no, Judas? Sorry. Oh! <laughs> Still a J. Oh. Uh, sorry, Russell, if you're listening. Uh, Okay, is that all? Do you have three there? Yeah, I got three. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of the first ever inaugural AFTN preview podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, gentlemen, please let the fine people of Whitecaps Land know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, Space Age Robot 56. Great, great name. <laughs> uh, I myself on Twitter is at Gideon Hill 18. And you can find me at Joe DC Van. Uh, n- no longer at cheesy deasy. No, uh, not professional <laughs> enough apparently. But I did compensate that with my profile picture on Twitter. Please check it out. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it, it was like eight years ago, so please forgive me. Um, thank you for listening. Um, get in touch if you have any feedback. If if there's anything you would like us to include in future episodes, um, we're going to try and do, do this as regularly as possible. And enjoy the game. And uh, let's go Whitecaps. Woo! When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Ah, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?